0: Good morning everybody, good morning to our visitors, happy to have you here this morning. Well, I think I might have fallen in love, but unfortunately this man is a bit out of my reach because he died in the 1700s, but nonetheless I have been reading Bible commentator Matthew Henry, I shared a little bit a week or two ago with you and his works have just become such a blessing to me and have struck a chord in my spirit, notwithstanding the fact that the six volumes of commentary that he wrote are divided by Roman numerals and I have forgotten every Roman numeral except X and V, I know, is five. (laughs) So I have to use a calculator, an online calculator to put in the Roman numeral, which some of them are really, really long, to get the actual chapter and verse that it's talking about in the way that, uh, <laughs> that it's divided. But nonetheless, the clarity and the insightfulness and his writing style are just so beautiful and it feels so current. And that's what I really wanna focus on today i would even say it sounds familiar and i have not previously read after him before and i think you'll see what i mean as we share a few of his comments today as we read would you please turn to the book of psalms chapter 94 we're going to read 11 verses of this chapter Father, I just ask your wisdom, your blessing, and the leading of the Holy Spirit, Lord. For we have no agenda other than entertaining your spirit. Oh Lord, we want your presence with us at all costs. We want your presence. It's the most important thing. In Jesus name. Amen. Would you bear with me just a minute? I think I'm going to go to the piano and sing this song now. I wasn't going to because my throat closed up while I was singing and if you'll just Don't care what it sounds like. Don't pay attention to what it sounds like. Pay attention to the presence of the Lord. Jesus. to stand in front of this pulpit with nothing to say that's directly from you. I want the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to be behind everything that I say, but how many know it's not only the preaching of the word, but it's the moving of the Spirit of God that meets the needs of people and spreads the gospel because the Lord said these will be signs that others can see and they will know my love for the world but I said Lord how do I prepare for the moving of the Spirit believe me I know a 20-25 minute message, you would never know the hours that I spend, but I do. I spend time in prayer and in study. But how do you prepare for a move of the Holy Spirit? I don't have any resources other than the presence of the Lord that's in me. And I want that presence in this body more than anything. I want everyone that sits on these pews to know he's here. You're sitting in his presence. He's around us. Can you see the glow? Can you feel the presence?
1: Oh, I can. Would you mind if I sing another verse? In the midst of his children. The Lord, he said he would be. It doesn't
0: to do that while I was getting prepared to deliver the message starting in verse one I won't keep you but just a few minutes but this is a powerful message a powerful portion of Scripture and I know the Lord wants us to hear it today Oh Lord god of vengeance god of vengeance shine forth and i'm reading out of the new american standard version O oh lord a god of vengeance god of vengeance shine forth rise up O judge of the earth render recompense to the proud and if i were to pick a single verse of text for this today it would be verse 3 how long shall the wicked, O Lord, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour forth words. They speak arrogantly. All who do wickedness vaunt themselves. They crush your people, O Lord, and they afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and they murder the orphans they have said the Lord does not see nor does the God of Jacob pay heed pay heed you senseless among the people and when will you understand you stupid ones verse 9 for he who planted the ear or created and molded and made the ear does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who chastens the nations, will he not rebuke? Even he who teaches man knowledge, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are mere breath or vapor. Matthew Henry writes these words, David was the writer of this psalm. It was penned, again he died in the 1700s. This was written sometime between the early 1600s and mid-1700s. This was penned when the church of God was under hatches. Now, I had to look up this word. I didn't know what it, I mean, I know what the word hatch means, like a hole that you put something in with a lid on it. But in this instance, it was derived from a kind of door or floodgate that was commonly erected by fishermen in the rivers for their convenience of trapping and securing fish so they can't get away. Also a term used for gates that were put in place to trap deer inside an enclosed place like a forest. So a means of control. He says that this Psalm 94 that we just read was penned when the church of God was under control, under the hatches, and this psalm is an appeal to God as the judge of heaven and earth, and it's adre- an address to him to appear for his people in his and their enemies, against his and their enemies. Two things this psalm speaks of the conviction of and the terror to the persecutors, showing to them the danger of their folly, and the latter portion of this scripture that we didn't read, comfort and peace to the persecuted in verses 12 through 23, assuring them both from God's promise and from the psalmist's own Personal experience that their troubles would end well, and that God, in His due time, would appear to their joy and to the confusion of all those who set themselves against them. Still reading Matthew Henry, in singing this song, we psalm, we must look abroad upon the pride of the oppressors with a holy indignation and the tears of the oppressed with a holy compassion isn't that a beautiful thought we look at the oppressors with holy indignation but we look at the oppressed with holy compassion and at the same time looking above to the righteous judge with an entire satisfaction and forward look to the end of all these things with pleasing hope. The verses that we just read in this commentary speaks speaks to God as an appeal against these cruel oppressors. He further writes that this speaks terror enough to them to know that they have the prayers of God's people against them. What a thought in the 1700s written by a man we know not today, but how appropriate. It speaks terror enough to them to know that they have the prayers of God's people against them who cry out to him day and night, O Lord, avenge them of their adversaries. Amen? If you would keep your finger in Psalm 94 and turn to Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Now Jesus was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God, did not respect man, and there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though... I do not fear God, nor respect man. Yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will God not bring about justice for his elect. What? who cry to him day and night, and will, not, and, and will he delay long over them? As if to say, no, he will not delay long over them. I tell you, he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? we may with all boldness make our appeal to him. For he is the judge, the supreme judge, the judge alone from whom every man's judgment proceeds. It is he that gives the law. It is he that gives the sentence upon every man according to his works by the rule of that same law and he has prepared his throne for judgment. He's prepared magistrates to be avengers underneath himself, but he alone is the chief avenger. Oh, I love that. Make no mistake, to whom even magistrates themselves are accountable, and none are exempt from his jurisdiction. We read in verse 1 in Psalm 94, there is a God to whom vengeance belongs. And the remainder of Psalm 94, verses 12 through 23, speaks of the blessings for the righteous and the pit which has been dug by the chief avenger for the wicked and the many ways that David himself has been avenged by his God. In the last two verses or three verses, uh, verse 21 in in chapter 94, David wraps up the chapter with these words: "They band themselves together against the life of the righteous, and they condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has been my stronghold, and my God, the rock of my refuge." He has brought back their wickedness upon them and will destroy them in their evil and the Lord our God will destroy them. I think it's very easy to see the correlation between the sin condition in our country today, in our world today and the passage of this scripture and its related commentary that Matthew Henry wrote. We are appalled, rightly so appalled, by the oppression of the righteous and the innocent, by the calculated, targeted abuse of the church of God, as Matthew Henry wrote so many years ago. And we may not see it today in our doorstep, but believe you me, it is near at hand. It is closer than we want to know, too close for comfort. The lies and the deceit beyond our ability to measure, wickedness that abounds on every hand and in every corner of our government, as well as many, if not most, highest seats in other countries. But I want to take you back to verse three. How long shall the wicked, O Lord, how long shall the wicked show triumphant jubilation? But he who created the ears and he who created the eyes, he both hears and he sees. And our God has the title of chief avenger, and he retained the judgment seat for the repayment of that vengeance so that you and I do not have to. Amen? But we do have a job to do. The righteous judge is looking for faith upon the earth when he returns. We must hold that hope and have that trust that he is seated upon that judgment throne and he will do it quickly. Amen? Will you stand with me this morning? Father, we do feel your presence today and we're so grateful. Lord, we... We are so thankful for the word and the spirit of God that moves in us and among us, Lord. And we're thankful that the word is so current, Lord, that it means something to us today of where we are and what we see around us and among us today. But Lord, we put our trust in you as that righteous judge it's a fair question to ask lord how long how long do we have to put up with this but your word says quickly and we cry out day and night to you lord for quick judgment against your adversaries and against ours Lord, I pray that this this word would have a place in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God that we have felt here today will quicken us, Lord, will encourage us and give us hope and strength, Lord. And I pray that you go forward with us out of this place today as the light before us, the path to our feet, O God, as we follow you day by day. Protect, comfort we thank you lord for your presence that doesn't just dwell here but it goes with us in jesus name we ask amen and amen if there is anyone needing prayer this morning you can certainly come and i will pray with you otherwise you can be dismissed with love and grace